Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Roll Radio. All right, before we start the show, I wanted to let you guys know about a cool new product I've been using. So as you probably know, I spend a lot of time sitting in front of my computer screen editing the podcast. And I realized um, that over the years, I kind of started to let myself go a bit. And I found myself feeling uh, tired and run down most of the day. Um, You know, and chugging coffee all day wasn't helping me any. So I decided to add some new health and wellness habits to my daily routine. So Liquid IV is a category-winning hydration brand, and their hydration multiplier is kind of like a long rest in a convenient little package. In just one stick, I get five essential vitamins and two times faster hydration than water alone. And I use it now in the mornings before I go for a long walk and when I'm feeling run down after editing all day. It's really been a game changer for me. My favorite flavor is Tropical Punch, and I always keep some handy in my bag of holding, right? And I also love that Liquid IV is made with premium ingredients and is non-GMO and free from gluten, dairy, and soy. Liquid IV also partners with leading organizations for innovative solutions to help communities protect both their water and their futures. Like True Heroes, they have donated over 39 million servings in 50 plus countries around the world. That's awesome. So I want to let you guys know that you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code ROLLRADIO, all lowercase, at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code Roll radio at liquidiv.com. All right, now let's tune in to Roll Radio. Welcome, podcast listeners, to Roll Radio, where each week we listen in as aspiring adventures play the world's greatest role playing game. Dungeons and Dragons. Join us as we travel to far off Faerun, where we discover the Sword Coast in turmoil and in desperate need of heroes. Uh, oh, wait a minute. Hey, can Esmir? Wait, first of all, hold on, I just thought of something. Wait, Esmir puts her finger up next door here. Hold on one second. I just realized that fountains are a lot like wells. Esmer's gonna, and from where she's at, can she investigate the fountain? Mm-hmm. Okay, hold on a second. Guys, guys, I'm getting a little paranoid. Listen, if something jumps out, don't scream. I won't. I won't. I promise. I promise. Yes. No, you have to get closer. Quit being so afraid. Just inch closer. That's... No. And then Jake gives her a little shove in the back. <laughs> Toward the fountain. And as you shove her forward, <laughs> a familiar blobby shape emerges from the water. I, uh, I knew it! I knew, I knew there was a water so elemental much. in there. And out of it sprays a jet of water right into Esmir's face. Roll initiative. What? This is bullshit. <sighs> Why don't you nudge yourself, loser? <laughs> 10. 17. 18. All right, so the water group pops out of the water basin and sprays out a jet of water right at your face. And hits with a 19. Wait, wait. No, no, no. (laughs) I gotta use my shield. Okay. Shield's up. Okay, so with the shield, it misses. And the powerful water jet uh, hits the shield and sprays out all over the hallway. And then Esmir's gonna be like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're hydrophobic. I am hydrophobic. Stupid. <laughs> All right, so Jake, you pushed Esmir closer to the water fountain, and the next thing you know, a water grew is spraying water all over the party. What are you going to do? Um, I'm going to cast Sacred Flame. And he fails. Fails with a nine. You can't dodge when you're in the... In the- Three-foot-wide fountain. Uh, 2d8 radiant damage and 
14. Ooh. 14. Nice. Yikes. All right. Nice. You going to do anything else? No, I, I think that I'm stuck in the spot because he'll have an opportunity to attack if I move. So I'm just going to end my turn. Okay. Colin, Esmir has once again discovered a water brew. What are you going to do? Well, I don't. I got a. I have a cunning plan. Ooh. I take out a pinch of the, the powder of dryness. The dust of dryness. Oh, what? And I, I step forward because I don't want to miss. And Hold uh, on, what is this thing? It's. I found it in the uh, the abandoned uh, dry goods store back in wherever the hell that was <laughs> with the bugbear. Ooh, and I have, a, I have two pinches left. Holy cow. That was a long time ago. It, that, well, it works against water elementals. You put the one, you put the pinch between your cheek and gums, right? Ah, yes. Well, no, not for me, because then oh, I would no. probably shrivel up. It would <laughs> suck all the water out of me body. Okay. So <laughs> I, I toss the pinch. I toss the pinch. I flick the pinch at it. Okay, so it has to roll a constitution saving throw and beat a 13. And it rolls a 15. Ah, but it still takes half damage. Okay. So that's 10 d6s. What? All right, roll 10 d6s. There we go. That's gonna hurt, Watergrew. 43. 43. Oh my God, look at those dice. Holy cow. (laughs) 10 d6. Nice, so it takes 21 damage. And uh, as the powder absorbs its watery form, it starts to shrivel up and then it shrinks until there's nothing left. You killed it by two hit points. Wow. Mm. That's, yeah. Nice. I think that grew ungrew. So is that, uh, we make a lot of noise in this calamity because I just realized I stepped in front of the hallway. There's the genoles at the north end of this hallway in that room. I I turn around and I look down the hallway. So you turn around and standing in the doorway is a surprised looking gnoll. What the? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Well, I have nothing I can do. I have no bonus actions of any worth. So I'm going to, to get out of the way and move off to the west around the corner. Hey, flip up your kilt and show them your backside before you do that. I don't know. I think that's an action. I think don't know that's a bonus action. Flip your, your kilt. That's a free action. It's a free action. I take it. I take the free action. They call that the Scottish moon. I These are my Tuesday skivvies. <laughs> Wait a minute. It's Wednesday. <laughs> We've been waiting in here, you know, for a long time. We did a whole full rest. There's no point of having the daily skivvies if you don't change. (laughs) All right, so Esmir, Cullen's destroyed the water grew, uh, but it looks like you've been discovered by the gnolls. What are you going to do? I think Esmir's going to... She's going to reach into her cloak, push it back, grab something behind her back and some weird pouch she has back there, and she's going to toss some ball bearings. Okay. I don't know. This could be a good idea. could be a bad idea. But you know what? An idea is an idea. <laughs> Fantastic idea. Until proven otherwise, yes. Well, you know, you say that every time you throw these things. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it's mayonnaise or oil. I know. It usually works out good, though, right? It sure has. Yep. Okay, so where do you want the spill, uh, to spill these ball bearings? It's a 10 by 10 square. One, two. I think I'm just going to throw them right in front of here. Right in front of where I am here. Just 10 feet down the hallway so that they can come try to run at us. Okay. Yeah, I'll do that. So, like, right here where I'm standing now. Okay. And as you step out into the hall, two arrows fly at you. Ah. Oh, no. That's Unseen like, does he have a villains. bow? Is he holding a bow? I knew it. Bow knolls. That's okay. Historically, their accuracy is leaving much to be desired. And the first arrow misses. <laughs> nice call. <laughs> nice call. The second one hits with a dirty 20. Oh. Ooh, he must have paid attention in archery school. Doing max damage, 10 points. Oh, oh man. Ouch. <laughs> Get out of the hallway, Esmia. All right, so you run in there and spill the ball bearings. What are you going to do now? 
think I'll run over to I'm trying to decide which side to go on. I think I'm gonna no. I think I'm gonna go back where I was, right here next to Jake. Okay. Do you want Wheezy to do anything for your bonus action? Mm, no. Ace's just gonna stay here too. Ace's gonna stay there. Okay. All right. So Jake, you're taking cover at one corner of the hallway. Cullen's at the other corner. And you guys uh, watch as Esmir runs into the hallway, then an arrow flies out and slams into the into the dolphin statue. And then you hear a thousand ball bearings hitting the floor. And then Esmir comes running back around the corner with an arrow stuck in her chest. <laughs> <laughs> that was close. That was close. I think it was there. I, mean, I think it was kind of right on. <laughs> that thing sticking out of you would indicate it was closer than close. <laughs> All right, it's your turn, Jake. What are you going to do? So can I, is there a way that I could just kind of peek around the corner and cast up the hallway? Sure. Yeah, I'll give you three quarters cover. Okay. I cast Sacred Flame on you, Gino Scam. Only fails. Oh. Yes. Doing 2d8 radiant. Eight points. Nice. Wounds him, and I'm going to duck back around the corner and stay put. All right, Cullen, you and Jake are on opposite sides of this hallway opening, and you know there are at least two knolls with bows at the other end. What are you gonna do? Well, I moved back towards the corner five feet, and I realize uh, I gotta be out in the hallway to throw an ax, so I move out this way because I also realized that I can't really run up on him now. There's this 10-foot area filled with ball bearings. Oh, so. <laughs> shicks. <laughs> See what I'm saying? It could have been a good idea. It could have been a bad idea. Maybe, maybe a little of both. I was, I'm not saying both. anything. So I uh, I hurl an axe at this guy. 20! Hey! 20! Nice! Critical hit. 16 points, and that's maximum damage with the hand axe. A critical hit with maximum damage. That is kick ass. Yeah, you rolled two sixes. Nice. I have a second axe and another attack. <laughs> 18, 18, 25. 25 hits. Six again, another maximum six. damage. 10 nice. altogether. Wow, 26 total. I can't believe he's still standing. One of them hit him in the middle of the head, the other one hit him in the shoulder. I was a little off on the second one. And then I, then I, I do a little fancy footwork like uh, Esmeralda and step back around the corner. <laughs> Good job. All right, and as you duck back around the corner, oh, no. the oh. western door behind you bursts open. Oh no, oh, damn it. No. <laughs> so, oh, and out comes a knoll. <laughs> <laughs> I'm at you. And it runs at you and attacks with its spear. <laughs> and hits with a 21 doing max damage, nine points. Oh, we definitely need to parry that. So 1d8 plus two, eight plus two, 10 max. And All right, so the knoll rushes you and it jabs out its spear, but you quickly parry it and knock the spear to the side and it just scrapes your armor. So you take no damage. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. And then? Another knoll rushes out into the hall. Oh no. Oh, what was that about being surrounded? You were concerned earlier. <laughs> we... I definitely picked the right side of the hallway. I was going to go next to Colin. And I was like, eh, don't know. did. And this knoll, it comes around and flanks you and attacks with advantage. Ooh. And hits with a 19. Ouch. Doing six points of damage. Mm. Yeah, six is better than 16 until the next guy comes through the door. <laughs> right. And then, back in the uh, in the northern hall, two gnolls take position outside the doorway, and they ready their bows. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and then we go to Esmir. What are you going to do? Can I shoot at, um, what's this guy? Genol, almost dead? Uh, yeah. But if you want to attack it from where you are, 
uh, it's going to have some cover. So roll with a negative two. Mm. Negative two. I think I'll shoot a firebolt at him just to try and maybe eliminate. And he shot me. He drew first blood. <laughs> I'm trying to kill his ass. 13 misses. The firebolt splashes against the door frame. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's anything I want to do or can do. About Wheezy and AC. They can't go. If we cross this hallway, someone's going to shoot at them. I think, you know, I'll have Wheezy come up behind Jake. Okay. And then AC come up behind me. Okay, Jake, two gnolls have come out into the north hall, and two gnolls have come out the western door and flanked Cullen. What are you going to do? Okay. Um, <clears throat> fearing that um, all of these high rolls that Cullen's been rolling, I am actually going to predict that they're not going to be so fortunate, and I'm going to bless the crew. These days, a 1d4 is pretty weak, but I'm going to do it anyway. So, oh no, uh, I disagree. I'm going to pull out my little vial of uh, holy water and start Lashing it over the heads of the gnolls, um, landing on Cullen, Kablink, um, and then I'm going to turn around and splatter a bit on Esmir. Here, have some of this. Have a drop. Oh. And then I'm going to bless myself. Thank you, Adma. You are most wonderful. That's, uh, and then. Let's see, what am I looking at as far as my level two spells? I mean, genoles, right? Scumbags. All right, you know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna cast my um, Book of Agma, pull out my spiritual weapon, and I'm going to aim it at um, this guy that's right in front of my face, who's genole number three. Okay. And take that. Oh, yeah. 18 plus 3 is a plus 4 is a 28. Plus 7. Or plus 7, yeah. 28. 28 hits for sure. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 11 points. Nice. And that's where I'm going to stop. Okay. Then we cut to Cullen, who's suddenly flanked by Nose. What are you going to do, Cullen? All right, so we gotta we gotta even the odds here. I don't like this uh, being a disadvantage situation, so I'm gonna go after Noel three myself. And uh, so uh, we're taking the attack action with the battle axe. Twenty something. Damn. Twenty seven. Nice. Um, damage is ten. Nice. Put him into heavy. Nice. Okay, so uh, then the file and longsword. A hit. 18 hits. And nine of damage. Oh, it wasn't enough to kill him? Son of a gun. All right, so we're going in for our second attack. The axe. Oh, 13. 13 misses. Just oh, misses. Well, let's, let's throw... Let's throw some precision on that. <laughs> Using up your whole battery. <laughs> you pissed off the wrong guy, well, Nose. You pissed off the wrong guy. It's crazy what it takes to kill one of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, 1d8. Let's hope it's a high roll. 15 hit? 15 misses. Oh, what a waste of precision. And, um, and I don't have any bonus actions left. Okay, that's, I guess, all I can do. And quite kill him, so that sucks because now it's going to be their turn. That's all right. I mean, we've got two of them that are next to dead. Yeah, but it's not going to save me in, on their turn. They're going to have advantage. They're going to have probably advantage. hit me all four times. Unless Esmer can take the one out, then he won't. Yeah, it's not her turn, though. <laughs> ah, Nulls go first. Bastards. All right, and the Knolls flanking Cullen attack with advantage. Knoll three jabs out his spear and hits with a 24, doing seven damage. And Knoll four attacks. Yes. Oh, natural 20. Oh my God. Oh, well, I'm gonna 
try to use a little parry action mm-hmm. to, <laughs> to mitigate the damage. We'll see what that is. Okay. And it does 11 points of damage. So let's see what we can get rid eight, of here. 8 plus 2. 1, 8 plus 2, 5. Not bad. Okay, so it only takes six points as you parry the blow. So I have a wound of 19 now, which means I have 47 points left, 48 points. So I'm not doing too bad yet. And then back in the northern hallway, Knowles 1 and 2 put down their bows, draw their spears, and tiptoe through the ball bearings. The tulips. And number two comes right up to Jake, hiding around the corner. Does he have anything for fighting around a corner or no? Uh, sure. I'll give you partial cover. And it attacks. Mm-hmm. And misses with an 11. Yes. I just move my head back a little bit and it strikes against the wall. And no one does the same thing. Moves at half speed through the ball bearings. Who put these here? And it comes right up to Cullen. Do I have a little cover? <laughs> sure. And it attacks. And misses with a 10. Nice. And then we go to Esmir. So Jake's got a knoll in his face, and Cullen is suddenly surrounded by three knolls. What are you going to do? So I think Esmir is going to... Well, you know what? What? Esmir is going to jump onto the goo that's left over from this (laughs) thing. You mean onto the fountain? Yes. She's going to jump onto the fountain. Okay. And then she's going to yell, Opa! <laughs> and then cast grease right underneath those gnolls. Okay. So target these three gnolls and roll their dexterity saving throws. Okay. Whoa. <laughs> Fail and two succeeded. All right. So knoll three steps on the grease and falls prone. Nice. Okay. That's my action. And then I'm going to have Badgie. How much movement does he have? I'll see. Wheezy. Okay, so he's going to go. if he runs through the grease, he's going to have to roll. Well, no. He's going to jump onto the fountain, and then he's going to run across this ledge. (laughs) And then he's going to jump right behind this knoll to give Colin advantage. Excellent. Yeah. Nice. And then I'm going to move back next to Jake. All right. Is AC going to do anything? I don't think so because, no. I already got the, I already gave the advantage I can give, yeah. All right, Jake, the gnolls are suddenly slipping around in some grease and one of them's falling flat on their face. What are you going to do? Right. Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is use my bonus action on my spiritual weapon to try to finish off Noel number three, who's on the ground, right? So I get um, advantage. Yes. Okay, so advantage, and I'm going to fling my hand forward to push the Book of Agma at the prone Noel number three. Oh, so... 20. Dirty 20 hits. That was good because it dropped a three. <laughs> that would have been ugly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you laugh now, bastard. Feel the pain of Agma on your forehead. 1d8 plus four force damage. Does nine points of damage and kills Ah, okay. Nice, so the book smacks it and the gnoll's limp body slides along on the grease and it slams into the base of the fountain. (laughs) Nice. So I'm going to, so because knoll number one is on the other side of the hallway, would I get any negatives? No. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna cast Sacred Flame at that dude. You bastard. And he's gonna fail. Yeah! <laughs> and he's gonna die. He was slipping in the grease and it couldn't dodge it. That's good. Whoa. Now, null number one, you'll see, you're going to take 2d8 radiant damage, even though I don't need it. <laughs> I laugh at you. <laughs> oh. Nine <laughs> points. 
and it kills oh, him. It exceeded by eight. Eight. You were right. It only had one hit point left. <laughs> one hit point left. All you had to do is hit him with the spitball. He would have fallen over. Exactly. Nice. All right, nice. Jake takes out two gnolls. Uh, you going to stay there? I'm going to stay here for now. Um, You know what? Let me do this. I'm going to move where my book is. Okay. In front of G Knoll 2. Oh, that's grease. Mm-hmm. You remember, you look down before you move and you realize there's grease on the floor there. Still want to move? <laughs> no. No, no. <laughs> of course not. Uh, my right. book was my book was blocking the way. Damn it! I was gonna have him slip in the grease. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for metagaming. Oh, that cuts I'm both fine. ways. Uh, I'm I do point I'm out at. things to Mark all the time. That he's like, oh yeah, I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna and stay then Brian's put. like, Brian's like, why did you tell him? <laughs> Just fair is fair. <laughs> all right, Colin. Jake's taken out two knolls, but there are still two left. What are you gonna do? All right, so uh, I'm going to take an, the full amount of attacking that I can do on this With guy. advantage. All right, start swinging. Thanks, Weezy. So axe first and bless. 13 misses. So how did I still manage to roll a 13? <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, the but five wait a minute. and a one. Oh, a five and a one. Did you roll with advantage? Oh, oh you did. That's. Yeah, I'm like thinking if I should try precision because last time I only got two and it didn't work. You know what? I I'll just I'll I'll accept that and then I'll just move on. And then so then the second attack with the vicious battle axe. Twenty-five. Twenty-five hits and seven damage. He's just wounded. Well, you got one more swing. Well, I I want to use the bonus action to um. Um, to heal Esmeralda with Rally. I was going to rally Esmeralda. Okay. I like being rallied. It's fun. <laughs> so I realize that I only have one guy in front of me, but I also realize that Esmeralda is wounded b- badly. So I'm like, I, I give a couple of swings at the uh, the knoll, but uh, I, you know, the first one misses, the second one hits, does pretty good damage, and then I'm like, Esmeralda's still out there being wounded. So then I, I, I turn my head slightly and I go, I go, buck up there. <laughs> Chin up there, Esmeralda, you can do it. And then Esmeralda's like, yeah! And then she takes the arrow that's stuck in her body and she's like, eh! and she rips it out. She throws it out the ground. And somehow you're healed by that. Healed, by, healed for eight points. Eight points. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Oh, it wasn't. It wasn't as deep as I thought. <laughs> yeah, it's quite as bad as you thought it was. And it, I'm just like, okay, I'm gonna go ahead and pull off my action surge because I'm like, I gotta deal with this guy. Okay. So that gives me another couple of bites at the apple. So we're gonna hit him with another. We're gonna try to hit him with another battle axe. Twelve misses. God, even miss. with the bless. Yeah, I know. And advantage. Just, I, Jesus, God, you're rolling crap now. And another three. Oh, fudge so that's it. All those, all those miss. You rolled a four, a three, and a three. So, so much for the action surge. That was a total waste. Yeah. A hundred percent waste. The only thing it did was keep me from rolling a one on myself. All right. So the gnolls are dodging Cullen's swings, and now it's their turn. Don't slip on the grease, gnoll poo. No, do so no two uh, kind of peers around the corner and thrusts its spear at Jake. Ooh, yes. And misses with a 15. Ha! You stupid north. You shall die. And as it thrusts, it jumps up onto the fountain to get out of the grease. <laughs> and then no four swings at Cullen. Ooh. And hits with a 24. Uh, oh, let's, I'm going to try and parry a little damage because I'm getting pretty wounded. He rolls a one for four points of damage. You know what? I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. That's. I mean, it's not great, but force I can absorb four. Okay. And then we go to Esmir. So Noel Four has joined you on the fountain, and it's it's right above you, hanging off the dolphin. <laughs> oh, hey there, buddy. <laughs> Do you like dancing? And she's gonna cast Otto's irresistible dance on him. Okay. 
so Noel Four is dancing on top of the dolphin. <laughs> That's hilarious. He's da- dancing on a fountain. He's like a little furry Fred Astaire. <laughs> I'm just dancing in a fountain. All right, nice. Uh, so what's he got to do? What's this do to him? He must use all of his movement to dance without leaving his space and has disadvantage on dexterity th- saving throws and attack rolls. While the target is affected by the spell, other creatures have advantage on attack rolls against it. As an action, a dancing creature makes a wisdom saving throw to regain control of itself on a successful save. You're not that smart, though. You're going to be dancing till you die. <laughs> That's This dance is called Dance Till You Die. <laughs> All right, cool. He's full up, and I'm right face to face with him. I'm going to, I guess I, I have to move away from him. Okay, so his opportunity attack will be at disadvantage. I'm gonna try and go five, 10, 15, and hope that he misses. Okay, so as he's dancing, he clumsily takes a swing. Yes. Ooh. Ah, he hits with an 18. <laughs> God. So Doing eight points of damage. Okay. And you succeed on your concentration saving throw, so he's still dancing. He's like, hey, <laughs> 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 All right, do you want Wheezy to do anything for your bonus action? Wheezy's gonna stay where he's at because he's helping out. Colin, I'm doing a good job, aren't I, Colin? Oh, yeah. What are you doing exactly? <laughs> Giving you advantage, dummy. <laughs> well, oh, I see him over there. I'm gonna scroll too close to him. Dude. That was zoomed in too close. About? I didn't see. He's been right there. Yeah, I. I Risking his life. Yes. I, I have you. I'll have you know. Yes. He might. He might do me another favor if, if this Noel goes after him, then he won't be able to attack me. <laughs> That's the last time I help you out. I just need a break. <laughs> oh, my stuff is failing me. Action Surge was a dud. No. That's not Wheezy's fault. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just bad luck. All right. Um, is AC going to do anything? Uh, AC's going to stay where he is. All right, then we go to the top of the next round, and Jake. So there is a dancing knoll on top of the fountain. What are you going to do? He's a dancing knoll. <laughs> All right, so because he's dancing, does that give me advantage? Yes. Okay. All right. So I'm actually going to use a level one slot, and I'm going to cast inflict wounds on him I'm going to reach out and um, try to uh, punch my palms against him to inflict wounds wounds oh yeah critical hit 30 hits Holy 30. that's crazy Wow. Nice. On inflict wounds. So with a critical hit, that's 6d10. Yes. Are you still laughing up there? I'm not laughing, but I'm still dancing. Oh, Oh, yeah. 30 30 points. 30 points of damage. Wow, he was full up, and now he's in critical. Wow. He's still dancing. Yeah, so I'm going to try to slam him down with the book. Yeah. Mm. I... I see you're still giggling a little bit. (laughs) I can't stop dancing. We'll put a stop to that. Killing the dancing gnome. (laughs) (laughs) Look at him. He's so red. (laughs) There's blood spewing out of his head. The Book of Agma drops the six and hits with a 22. Nice. Doing... 1d8 plus 4 force damage to G02. 4 plus 2 is 6. And oh, 8. And that kills him. Oh. Kills him See dead. Him die. <laughs> Book is flying. 
He is dying, the dancing gnome. Oh my gosh, you guys need voice lessons. <laughs> Can I move through the grease, like, daintily? Think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. It doesn't say anything about daintily, so you're going to have to roll. <laughs> um, well, at half movement. No, that doesn't work for grease. Only oh, for, like, ball bearings ball and bearings. count drops. Okay, so that's what I'll do. You can now jump on the fountain. Um, you know, you know what? I'm going to stay put because oh. I thought that I'd be giving him uh, advantage, but he already has advantage, so I'm going to yeah, stay Yeah, Wheezy, there. unless Wheezy dies, but we'll I'm see. I'm staying there. Okay, so Cullen, while you've been fighting with this one knoll, Jake's killed the other three. All the rest. All the rest. It's <laughs> Jake's day. And look, Jake he stands crazy. there unwounded. All his hit points intact. Yeah. That can't be true. You, you haven't taken any damage? None. Well, None. we oh just gosh. woke up a little while ago. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, somehow, <laughs> the, the day is still young. loses half her points. The day is young. I took my one a day this morning. I feel fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> just a little swig of the jip juice. All right, here we go. So, uh, vicious battle axe. 12 misses. God. Dang I'm going to try. I'm going to burn my a precision. We might as well. I mean, it's possible. I could get an eight or something. No, it's a one. And 13 misses. Mother fudge <sighs> What are you doing, boy? So now I'm going to click advantage for my next roll of the axe. You got him. 22. 22 hits. Yay. Nice. 10 points of damage. Nice. And now the sword. Nice. 26 hits. And the damage is maximum. 12. Yeah, Heavy. nice. All right, so that's all I can do at this point. That's awesome. Nothing that was very good. Do. I mean, the guy was almost full, and you knocked him down to a little red sliver. All right, so this uh, last knoll here watches his comrade dance on the fountain <laughs> and then fall dead into the water. And then Cullen goes at him with a flurry of blades, and this knoll is starting to freak out. It's starting to panic. Whoa, whoa, yeah. <laughs> and it thrusts its spear at Cullen. Ooh. And hits with a 22. Gosh. Doing five points of damage. Ooh. All right, Esmir, there's one panicking knoll left. What are you going to do? I'm going to just try and target him with a firebolt. Okay. Two D10s could take it out. I'm gonna just shoot a firebolt over at this son of son of a biscuit. Sixteen. Oh, you hit. Sixteen hits. Nice. All right. Pew. Oh, sixteen points of damage. Nice. Exceeds by ten. Yeah. Oh, he's I, dying. Oh, that was it. That was kick ass. I sizzle you, stupid face. Right. Thank you, Esmeralda. I guess that ass. rally worked. <laughs> it got y'all you back in the me game. Out. You scratch my back, I'll blow that guy <laughs> up for you. All right, four dead gnolls litter this greasy, wet hallway, and suddenly, all is quiet. What do you guys want to do? So, uh, what I want to do before we continue on is I want to actually. Um, all right, so here's the deal. Cure wounds in for everybody. Yeah, so that's, I wanted to do a prayer of healing. <clears throat> oh, sweet. Yeah, so the prayer of healing, though, if I did it at a second level, it would be 2d8 plus 4. Um, if I did it at third, it would be 3d8 plus 4. But here's my question then. That would use up my... If I did it at second level, it would use up my second level slots. So if I wanted to cast my um, spiritual weapon in the future with no second level slots, but I had a third level slot, I could do that, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. All right. Now are we, now this is just me playing the devil's advocate or whatever. We're, you're full up and we're like, is it worth a spell slot? Is there another way we can just heal ourselves instead? We could do a short rest for an hour and get a hit die. I as can, many hit die, I can I also go up to one of you and and do a cure wounds at a level that one. A caltrop? Is that something that you don't have to use a slot for? A caltrop would hurt your feet. No, but if you're you know talking what I mean. About a cantrip. Cantrip. No, uh, cantrip. Sorry. Cantrip. <laughs> get it mixed up. 
cantrip. <laughs> yeah, I think it might be not worth because if if you were if we were all really bad in bad shape. Sure. I'll save it. I got one potion of greater healing and I was saving it for a tight spot. I mean, I'm just gonna have to deal with it. I can do second wind if I get into trouble. I've got two potions of greater healing. No, you should save those for in a tight spot. Yeah. I could take a potion. I have a, a healing potion I could use. I'll do that. And then, Colin, do you want one of my healing, regular healing potions? Just not greater, but just regular healing potion? Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Okay, so I got two left. I'll give one to Cullen. Why don't you drop it on me? That way we can avoid me rolling badly. Because that's what will happen. <laughs> that's what will happen. Can I just drag the, the cross amount. over onto Cullen? I will get the yes. minimum amount. Eight points back to Cullen. Oh, sweet. See? Pretty good. And six points back to Esmir. Six points, and then I'm done with my potions of healing. Cool. Thank you. Now my wound is 13, so not too bad. Good, good. I'm in the yellow, but that's okay. Figure something out. All right, so what do you guys want to do now? Well, I want to look through the door that those guys stepped through to my left, down the hallway to the west. The western door? Yeah, Where did? what was in there where they just came from? All right, so the door's already open, and you look in and see a large kitchen dimly illuminated by four small round windows up near the ceiling. Two large wooden tables take up most of the center, while two smaller tables stand against the walls. This kitchen has two blackened and sooty fireplaces, a large one in the southeast corner and a smaller one in the northeast corner. An L-shaped water basin with three faucets stands in the southwest corner. And all around the kitchen are various shelves and cupboards that hold a variety of implements for cooking. So we just fought the chefs. (laughs) The chef and the sous chef. Well, if there's no door out of this room, I don't really even know why we'd go into this room. Because it's Dungeons and Dragons. You always go in the rooms. Exactly. Well, I'm not going to go anywhere near that sink. You know there's a water grew in there. <laughs> Has to be. Oh, and you also see the dumbwaiter next to the southern fireplace. Oh. Ah. Uh, so this is the area below the library where the dumbwaiter was. Not the library. This would be below the dining room. Oh, okay, the dining room. I remember we came across a dining, uh, dumbwaiter at some point. Well, let's go check that out. That's... All right. Well, I'm going to go into the room to the and go to the south, the north, the north, over by where it looks like there's a little arrow slit hole near the stove. And as he passes the bookshelf, because I'm going to go, I'm going to go in there too. I'm going to stop in front of that thing that looks like a bookshelf. What's on that shelf? You know, cooking stuff, kitchen stuff, pots and pans. Pots and pans and stuff. What's at the south end of the, uh, down here at the, at the south end of the room? Uh, there's a big fireplace and there's a table, like a prep table. Gotcha. And I see the water basin over there and I, and I don't want to approach. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Is there any way we could draw the water grew out if there's one in there? I'll take a perception check if you want to try and see something out of the ordinary. From a distance? Well, I think you got to get a little closer. It's going to squirt out at me if they see something? Well, you remember from fighting them before that they only squirt when you are right next to them. It okay. wasn't a ranged attack. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to get just the, just across that line. I guess I'm not going to rest until I kill every water grew in existence. <laughs> That's my new goal in life. You're going to mop up these grooves. I got a three because I got my uh, aquaphobia, so I'm not sure, guys. I'm scared. <laughs> so I'm going to stand up on that little table and try to peer down into the basin. Okay. Oh, two oh, fours. jeez. Oh, An 11. Colin! I, I'm afraid of the over water here. Okay, I'll come over. What are you, a baby? <laughs> what are you come a on, baby? get over here. I'm going to take a step back. You should stand up here. You have a better view. I'm gonna step up on this chair that's on next to the table so I can get advantage. Okay. 
I can just picture the scene. Everyone's up on stuff, looking down into the sink. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking for eyeballs in the water, you know. 18. There you go. There we go. Okay, so you watch the water in the sink for a few moments, and you don't see any movement or uh, discoloration, and you definitely don't see any eyeballs. I think it's just water, everybody. We can breathe a sigh of relief. Okay. Though I'm not entirely sure I'd fill my water skin in that water. Esmir, go over there and weave your <laughs> hand around inside of it. <laughs> no, and then she goes over to Jake and she kicks him in the shin. Ah, shut up! Hey, my Master Jake, perhaps you could uh, wiggle your hand around in the water. No, no, that would be foolish. You know, well, guys, I think we need some more kitchen items for our apartment. <laughs> it's time to go shopping. I'm just going to look around. Or shoplifting, as the case may be. <laughs> what are you in the market for? <laughs> I don't know, but you know what? Are there any of those nice wall sconces in here? The stained glass ones? Yeah. No, not in here. Those are at the bottom of the grand staircase. Okay, because when we go out there, I'm going to grab one of those. <laughs> I really would like one of those wall sconces for my bedroom. Mm. Did the little, little glitter, the light around, you know, like little dancing with like colored lights in my room. It's going to be so cool. You also saw stained glass lanterns on the uh, patios outside. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to grab some of those. And then and then next time I see... Uh, Lord Flotion? Lord Flotion, I'd be like, those gnolls just trashed the place. I think they stole a bunch of stuff, too. Yeah. But why don't you come over and look at my beautiful sconces? <laughs> it's a replica. That's just a replica. It's not the real thing. <laughs> All right, so you guys take a look around, you know, just to make sure you didn't miss anything. And you don't find anything out of place or secret. Mm. And you don't find anything else of value in here. Hmm. It's just a, you know, well-stocked and organized kitchen. Okay. No secret doors, no secret back ways into the portal room. <laughs> Do they have any good cooking sherry? Uh, yeah. There's a bottle of good cooking sherry. Okay. They're elves. You know All they have is good, co- this good cooking really sherry. This goes really good in my stew. This goes good in my stew. Cooking sherry. And it's vegan. All right. So you guys finish up in here and you head back to that northern hallway. And the door at the end is already open. And you look in and you see a large pantry that's barely illuminated by a narrow window high up on the western wall. A central pillar supports the ceiling in this room that contains a simple table, some stools, several barrels, and large shelves. And the shelves are lined with glass jars filled with a variety of preserved foods. So it's another pantry. Are there good jams in there? Yeah, this is the cold storage, though. This is the underground cellar cold storage Yeah, but storage this doesn't pantry. help us to go around. Like, we were hoping to find a back entrance into that room. Well, maybe there's a secret room, bro. You maybe. never know. You got the perceptions. Maybe. maybe. You got to eliminate all the possibilities before you get all dejected. Jake, don't be such a Debbie Downer. Yeah. Debbie Downer. Who's Debbie Downer? Debbie, your ex-girlfriend. You remember your ex-girlfriend, Debbie? (laughs) Debbie Downer. She was a real bummer. (laughs) I'm I'm gonna look around for secret passages. I would like to do the same. Okay, so you guys all go into this pantry. Uh-oh. What do you so, you're, so you're all in the room, right? So you're all in the pantry, right? Everybody? <laughs> Colin, what are you doing? I'm searching for secret passages. All right, I'll take a perception check. 11. Okay. Mm. Jake, what are you doing? I want to search for that as well. Okay. But I want to whisper some guidance onto myself. Oh, Jake, you can do this. You can do this, Jake. You know it. You're the best. What was that? By God. Oh, yes. People like you. I am good, right? Yes. They like you. They love you. They really love you. I will guide myself into greatness. (laughs) (laughs) I've said every loser. (laughs) Oh, well, halfway there. 21. Okay. And what are you doing, Esmir? I'm going to investigate this this corner over here. I'm going to look for any 
cool shit, secret contraptions or something. Okay, roll an investigation check. 15. Okay. So you guys are going around the pantry, examining the shelves and walls, and you know, uh, looking for something that might indicate a secret passage. And Jake, something catches your eye, and I whispered it to you. And Esmir, something catches your eye as well. As you're examining all the jars of preserves, you see, tucked in the back behind some some jelly, uh, you see two small glass jars that are slightly glowing. Ooh. And you reach back and pull them closer, and the substance inside them looks familiar. It looks just like the honey that Oifenyan gave to Cullen and Elric way back when. Oh. Oifenyan's honey. Yeah, it looks like her special honey. Cool. What did that do? They're healing potions. Ah. Wait. Oh, because, wait. Wait a minute, because... That's interesting. I think, you know, maybe one of these Flotians had a secret affair with Oifin Yen. A long they time ago. They just pretend like they don't like her. Hmm? It was hundreds of years ago. I think they may, they may still hang out with her these days. I mean, didn't Kelson go to her woods? She talked about, like, you know, having her eye on Kelson. He was a little bit weary of her, though. I remember, because Esmeralda said to her, isn't he, like, you know, a babe? Oh, and Yeah. Wood. Yeah, and she also knew Darfin. Remember, she told you his nickname was Long Walker. Oh, yeah. Mm. Wait a minute. Cullen, Cullen, mm-hmm. look over here. Look over here at the wall. Do you see the scene? Look over scene? here at the wall, eh? You see, see the I scene? I was looking at that part of the wall, but I all I got is, you know, some dirt under my fingernails for my efforts. Look at it. There's a seam right here in the oh, wall. Oh, there's a seam. Does it seem like a seam or is it a seam? Is it a seamless or is it a seam that I can see? It is no longer seamless as it seems like a seam. (laughs) And you also notice next to the seam, a stone that is smoother than the stones around it. Okay, hey, wait, wait. Jake, hold on one second. Yes. Can can I chug some honey before you open the door? (laughs) (laughs) Chug honey. Well, you also know that this honey is not just a healing potion. It's also a potion of restoration, so it can uh, cure a disease as well. Wow, that's awesome. Hmm. From the Grove of Oifenin, the best honey in all of Faerun. Oifenin's always with us. Hmm. Well, can I take one then? Well, there are two of them. I know, I'm going to take them both, but I actually want to ingest one. Okay. You might want to save it for in case you get poisoned with something. Well, she's saying she wants to take it right now because she's still injured. Because I'm I'm injured. I'm four, 14 points down, right? Uh, yes. You know what? Save it, and I'll give you one of my potions of greater healing. Because that will cure. That's like special stuff. That's what I'm saying. It's like. Oh, wait, I could just wait till I'm. Uh... I could just give you one of my potions. No, don't waste your potion. Let's just wait. Let's just wait. I mean, Sorry. I would wait to use them out of desperation before, you know. Just okay, cause... you're right, guys. I'm going to put them in my... Oh, actually, I'm going to give one to... I'm going to give one to Jake. Jake, you take one. I take one. Colin, if you need one, I'll toss it over to you. Okay. Wait, can I take a couple things of jelly, too? <laughs> sure. You just slide a whole bunch of jars into your bag of holding. That thing's going to blow up one of these days, and there's going to be preserves everywhere. Make sure you grab one of the boysenberries. I don't know what it tastes like, okay. but it sounds fun. I got one. Is there any marmalade? <laughs> Come here, Esmer. Look at this seam. Well, check it out. That one rock's smoother than the other ones. It is. Push the stone. Okay, that's what I want to do. Okay. Master Jake, before you go pushing any stones, just remember, just remember, you could be trapped. It could be. So, <laughs> do, as I hold my hand up against it. You don't want to lose any fingers. Do you want to detect traps? I could. Or maybe I didn't you, set I don't detect traps, but we can. I can investigate it. Why don't you investigate it to see if there's traps? Okay. If there aren't, I'm just going to give it a little okay. shove. I know like it. going to sniff it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't smell any traps. Oh, 
I don't. This smells like a piece of rock. I'll take a look. I'll take a look. It's it's worth trying in case, just in case. You never know. You don't want to get caught unawares. No, don't. Ugh, unaided 14. That's nothing. I'm just going to say this. I think if you're going to have a trap, you're going to not make it that hard to find. Exactly. Farm. So I'm going to push on the stone. It's just stone. a secret room, said bunch of dead people. Several poison darts fly out at you. <laughs> So you push the stone, and you begin to hear something shift in the walls. And then, a narrow section of the wall begins to pivot. It doesn't slide open, instead it rotates sideways. Okay. And you look down a dark, narrow, 20-foot-long passage. And at the other end, you see another stone door rotating open at the same time. Oh. That's the double so is pivot. The, is that hallway lit now from the light of the two rooms? Well, it's getting a you know a little bit of light from the pantry window. Okay. But the room at the other end of the passage is dark. Okay. Ah. Okay. Everybody stop. Don't go in there. Esmer's going to use her dark vision to look down the hallway to see if there's little holes and stuff in the... In the wall. <laughs> okay. Or spikes, like a secret trap floor that's going to drop us down in a spikes. Okay, roll perception. This looks like a trap. Nice. 21. 21. You don't see any traps. Mm. I'm going to I'm gonna do it too, just, you know, on the safe side. <laughs> I got the dark, I got the owl vision goggles. 18. 18. I see no more than she did, or less even. All, all looks clear. Okay. Um, okay, I'm gonna put on my drift globe. So which one of us wanna go first? I'm gonna wait, crawl in there. Wait, stop. Before you turn your drift globe on, yes. let me go in and see what's other in the other pivot. Oh. Because if it's something really bright... Yeah, okay. That's fine. Mm. If both doors close and I'm in there by myself, tell my grandma that I said I love her. Okay. No problem. Your grandmother's still alive? Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Roll Radio. All right, so it looks like the party has found their way around the magically sealed door. Uh, first, they had to fight through a water grew and some knolls. Now, in the original campaign, there was only a water grew in this area. But I decided that the basement needed some more bad guys. And since they're you know, starting to near the end, I felt that I needed to start softening them up a little bit. And we can talk more about that maybe next time. Uh, now, there's been a lot of out-of-combat exploring in the Flotion Manor, and it's made me think about the way I run these encounters as a GM. First thing I do, and really what all GMs do, is describe what the players see when they come upon a new area. And when I finish describing it, I ask what they want to do. One player usually takes the initiative and, you know, rolls perception or enters the space. And then what I usually do is keep kind of a loose turn order going. And I ask the other players individually what they're doing, you know, if they haven't done so already. Now, I do this for several reasons. First is to keep things orderly and to keep everyone from, you know, talking at once, which is not really a big issue with only three players, uh, but it can become one if you've got, you know, five or six players at the table. The second reason is to make sure that everyone is engaged in the new space. Because a lot of times when a new area is being explored, players may quietly hang back waiting to see what happens, right? Now, if I ask them what they're doing, it forces them to make a decision. Now, if they decide they want to hang back and see what happens, then they can role play that decision rather than, you know, not saying anything at all. So I'm making sure that they're part of the scene. And this in turn causes tension. And you see that this party jokes about that all the time, right? They make fun of me uh, when they say stuff like, so are you all in the room? Uh, because they think uh, that I'm setting them up for a trap or an ambush, which sometimes I am, and sometimes I'm not. It could be a broom closet, 
or it could be a death trap. They don't know, and that causes tension. And this tension uh, is a great way to keep players on their toes and engaged. Because that's really, you know, a big part of being a GM, keeping the players interested and engaged in the scene, even outside of combat. And I found that the easiest and most effective way to do that is to just simply ask them, hey, so what are you doing right now? And something as simple as that snaps them into the game and engages them into the scene. And I hope you guys are engaged in this crazy little podcast. Uh, I hope you enjoy these little talks at the end. Uh, if you'd like me to talk about something that you're wondering about, uh, please email us at thoseguysatrollradio.com. If you're enjoying the show, please consider uh, donating or becoming a patron. You can find links in the show description or at rollradio.com. You can also support us by supporting your dice addiction at fanrolldice.com. Use the code ROLLRADIO to get 10% off of your purchase. The game we're playing is Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition and the Scourge of the Sword Coast module by Wizards of the Coast. Check them out at dnd.wizards.com. All the in-game music and sound effects, except of course for uh, ABBA's Dancing Queen, are from Sirenscape.com, because epic games need epic sounds. All right, thanks again for listening to Roll Radio, and be sure to tune in next time to see what's at the end of the secret passage. And if there's anything there for Esmir to pilfer.